0: Shane Waldron is hired as the Chicago Bears offensive coordinator. Jalen Johnson is continuing his contract negotiations. The Chicago Bears have brought in a couple names for defensive coordinator interviews, but frankly, nothing all too fast. And Nick and I need to talk through why I keep getting so sick, as well as what the Bears are probably going to do at 109 this time. Let's set 101 aside. We'll talk about all this and more on this episode of Bear With Us. What's going on, everybody, and welcome back to Bear With Us. I'm Robert Schmitz, editor-in-chief of the Bears blog and Chicago Bears-obsessed fan, along with my co-host, Nick Whalen of Football Guys, also a Chicago Bears-obsessed fan. And we're here to bring you the best Bears podcast that we possibly can. And Nick, what great news as the Chicago Bears have locked in their offensive coordinator in former Seattle Seahawks OC, Shane Waldron. I'll give you the floor first. What do you think of the move?
1: Well, I think well uh, one he was my one oh, one pick, right, of offensive coordinators, and I know a lot of people will say, well, there's some Seattle people that are happy that he's gone, et cetera. You need to remember, everybody, that no offensive coordinator is loved by everyone. Even Andy Reid has those stupid short yardage plays that he calls. Like if you call I the think play, you mean it Matt works,
0: Nagy. Those yeah, are the yeah. Nagy plays, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: What? Who, who is that? Uh, who was it? Bradley Soul or who is that guy? He threw a touchdown to. Do you remember that for a touchdown? Oh, man,
0: I don't remember the name. The, the, the but... third offensive tackle. You know, I'm talking about. The <laughs> yeah, I do know what you're talking you're about. You're like,
1: what are you? What are you thinking? You know, trying to be the, you know, the, the, the genius. But if it works, you're a genius. If it doesn't, you're an idiot. But in terms of experience, places that he's been, and the other part, I think the most important thing that I'm excited about Robert. Is one of the best offensive coordinator candidates decided he wanted to come to Chicago. Yes. This wasn't this wasn't the bargain bin that people always think that we go with. And the thing that I didn't realize, I guess, besides Luke Getze being a first-time NFL play caller and only one year of college play calling, the quarterback coach, Andrew, is it Jocko, right? Mm-hmm. He only had one year of quarterbacking experience in the NFL coaching. Oh, yeah. And oh, so yeah. like Having a guy with multiple years of experience is a breath of fresh
0: air. To me, that's the thing, right? Like, We've talked about this on the show before that I was not going to subject myself to some kind of full offensive analysis of all of the candidates because Mm. that's just way too much work for no payoff whatsoever. But Mm. Shane Waldron hit all the marks that I could hope for, right? I mean, he had not one, not two, but three years of play calling experience. He had all kinds of experience with really intriguing offensive minds. I mean, he was there from the jump street with Sean McVay, which you don't have to think too hard about the whole like oh, wow, he knew Sean McVay. He met Sean McVay at a port potty once, so therefore, we might as well make him a head coach. Like, we're not trying to go there so much as the offensive rooms that Shane Waldron has been a part of are impressive ones, and that's going to rub off on your thinking at some point. And then when we got to demonstrate his, or when we got to see him demonstrate his thinking with two quarterbacks, I mean, that's just talking about the starters. We saw two pretty solid games from Drew Locke as well. So if you want to throw him in there, you absolutely can. And we've seen the offense change identities and shift and bend with the quarterbacks. We've seen some stuff that we'll get into later. I have watched a little bit of tape, and i really... I can't wait to share at least what I've seen. But from a top-level perspective, Nick, I think the other thing that a lot of Bears fans, look, I, I know that a lot of them aren't going to like hearing this, right? But the OC market is threadbare every single year. There's nothing anybody wants more than the new Wonderkind OC. And because of that, people keep changing their offensive coordinator. Did you realize, Nick, that now since 2022, Every single team in the NFL has changed their offensive coordinator.
1: Yeah, I did because the longest coordinator was, I believe, Brian Callahan. Mm-hmm. Well, it was the guy with the Saints who, who Pete Carmichael, and then he got let go. And then it was Brian Callahan. he just got a head job. Like it just keeps churning
0: all it the time. It just y'all. keeps churning because you're either bad enough to get fired or you're good enough to get a head coaching job. I mean, mm-hmm. let me use my favorite example, man, Nick. I couldn't hire Bobby Sloak with a straight face, right? Like maybe this is the part of me that just wants experience in a lot of these guys. When people talk about Kyle Shanahan, I'm like, yeah, he called plays for like almost 10 years, if memory serves. We saw him get an offensive coordinator job at Atlanta. We saw him get offensive coordinator jobs all over the country. I'm not surprised he was flexible and ready for his tenure with the 49ers right? But Shane Waldron is exactly the kind of name that I know I look at and say, well, he wasn't supposed to be available, and he obviously thought Chicago was a destination employer, which (laughs) that's sweet from an offensive coordination perspective. Do you want to get into why, or do we want to just agree to leave the why and the speculation at the door and just say, hey, he thought Chicago rules, we think Chicago rules, and literally just move on from
1: there. Because i well, I don't think that we get any conclusions from it, but I do have, yes. I do have a very nice thread from Brad Spielberger. Again, a guy that I highly recommend. He's mm-hmm. a friend from PFF, really good with salary cap numbers, but he has a analytics view of Shane Waldron from the Seahawks. Did you see this thread or no? Oh yeah.
0: And it's awesome. Right. Read it all.
1: Yeah. So I, I, th- I think y'all need, need to hear this. So again, this is again, wh- whether people love the analytics or not, this is this is more data. And the more data that we have, the better decisions and mindsets that we can have. So this is Shane Waldron from the three years as OC with the Seahawks, which again, we have to remember, as you said, Drew Locke had starts there. Geno Smith got resurrected basically his career, and he had one year of Russell Wilson. So overall, he was 12th in EPA per play, Mm -hmm. his offenses, 13th in success rate, 8th in EPA per rush, and 14th in EPA per dropback. Um I'll I'll go through just I don't have to go through all of them. I'll just go through some of them here. Um sixth in yards per play, uh 12th in T D uh drive rate, uh 11th in series conversion rate. So again, you're kind of flipping the fields a bit there. Um ninth in pass rate, ninth in explosive pass play rate, 14th in play action rate. We love play action, y'all. Um, third in deep pass rate. Wow, doesn't that sound better than screens, y'all? Right. Um, there are some concerns, though, so I think we have to address that. This isn't just all sunshines and rainbows. Uh, 23rd and third down conversion rate and 26th in red zone TD rate. And I talk about that all the time when we talk about teams. That's when you get to the red zone and you convert that to a touchdown, not just a field goal. So that's 26th. But overall, I, and I have got into some debates with people on this, Robert. They were like, well, they were 21st in scoring this year. And I said, well, well, yeah, overall scoring. But you have to look at how many drives that they had. When you look at, like, points per drive, they were, like, 12th in the NFL, which is the real thing. That means the defense wasn't stopping anybody, and they had a bad defense.
0: They did have a bad defense. And it's so funny, right? Because the only game that I've watched, just to cite my sources, everybody, is the late December game against Pittsburgh. And in the early goings of the game, they score a bunch of touchdowns. So as far as the red zone percentage stuff that I've seen there, like I haven't seen it show up yet. But the intriguing part to me about this, Nick, is so we're going away from Luke Getze. We're going to Shane Waldron. There are going to be a lot of people there going to wonder, well, what does that mean? Right. And yeah. who's to say how much of Luke Getze's offense is tied up in players? right? How much of it is stuff Justin liked? How much of it is stuff that the offensive line was ready for? How much of it was Chris Morgan's ideas? How much of it is stuff that's here to stay? Who's to say? We don't know, right? But Nick, I am happy to report Shane is really heavy on short dropbacks. So one steps, three steps, and you'll see some five steps and that is about as high as it goes. It felt like Shane places a really heavy priority on get the quarterback to his drop spot with lightweight combinations that are on in some cases you'll have like a man beater on your left side zone beater on your right side pretty standard offensive coordination but the goal is that they're going to resolve pretty quickly so that you can bump into go be a football player at around the three second mark or so and i feel like this really helped Gino play within a poor offensive line ecosystem because it got him basically thinking creatively throughout the course of at least this Pittsburgh game where there's well more than one uh, situation where the play goes bust immediately, but Gino makes a play out of it because he knows where his guys are and he knows where he's looking for an answer within the coverage that he's seeing because the Steelers run a lot of really good disguises. I mean, they run some, what, two high to one high look. They run some two invert. They run some, like, six to eight. They run some... Some stuff where it's like you go from a too high look to cover four. Honestly, the Steelers defense was really impressive when I was watching them, at least Mm -hmm. from a coordination perspective. And so what Shane seems like he wants to do is to give his quarterback one to two or like a couple answers pre-snap, one to two answers in the middle of the play. Watch this defender. If he goes here, just freaking throw the ball. And... Honestly, I think the Bears could use a little bit of that because if you saw the same thing I did, I have never seen an offense that acted like it was an offensive line of all all pros quite like Chicago because the amount of concepts we saw that were three and a half to four second resolutions was just unbelievable. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, honestly, if you just think of it overall that
1: you could trade away Russell Wilson bring in Gino Smith, who is a, just a journeyman along with drew Locke in that trade and Gino becomes a player that you pay a new contract to. I mean, this is just like what Baker Mayfield went through this year. Y'all like he all of a sudden you're like, wait, hold on. Gino can, can ball. And so I think, uh, when I watch their offense, I've always seen something that makes sense. Mm-hmm. They have calculated big shot plays and they use space a lot better they do and they use tempo a lot better and they and they get more plays in like it makes it, it's a it's an actual futuristic n f l offense instead of kind of the i feel like we're always behind the curve. This is an offense that's more in front of the curve
0: it's It's so funny to me, Nick, that you called it a futuristic offense because I would almost call it an it is somewhere. I'm going to use two adjectives: one negative, one positive. It's mm. almost an underthought offense in many cases, but I I mean that in a good way, where the idea is: hey, we're going to throw a trip set on our right so that we can get DK out on our left, and DK is going to run a slant, and he's going to have all the space on earth. What are we worried about? And that's the that's the play idea, right? It, in, in in coach in coaching, Robert, we call that kiss right? (laughs) Keep it simple, simple, stupid, stupid, right? That's what it is. Tons of this stuff where it's like the, the most creative they'll get in the run game is running inside zone with an outside zone running back track. Which, for anybody who's looking for what I mean by that, it means Kenneth Walker would get the handoff as if he was running stretch. So he starts with his aim point at the tackle, even though the guard and the center are both climbing up to the second level on inside zone rather than a more common outside zone theme. But, I mean, Nick, it feels like the run game, the passing game, it's is—it's not trying to be as designer there's a lot of the things that we saw with Luke Getzey where Luke is going to come up with the exact right answer to the exact right defense all the time. There's a mm-hmm. lot more, at least it seems this way, flexibility in let the players play. This idea yep. of, hey, at the end of the day, Gino, if I call this play and you can't run it, what's the point? So mm-hmm. I'm going to call this play. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. Figure something out. Mm-hmm. And it got Gino playing quickly and comfortably and more power to your players when well, you can and, call a game like that.
1: And the other thing too, man, is like Gino, the last, I mean, he got injured a little bit this year and the little part of the end of last year, he fell off a little bit, but he was like playing like one of the best corrects in the NFL at some point. This is, it's not like, I mean, it's Gino Smith y'all. Okay. Like, and I, and I, I'm rooting for Gino, just like I rooted for Baker, but you're not like it's Baker Mayfield. You're like, he's, you know, Pat Mahomes is just buried in there. You're like, well, there's still some limitations. Like he made it all work, but like back to like the part when they, when it got announced that Shane Waldron was, I don't know, the bears wanted to interview him. Mm I, I, When I read that, my first thought, Robert, was like, okay, yeah, they want to interview him, but he's not, he's gonna like decline the interview. It doesn't mean they are interviewing. I was like, yeah, sure. Like Shane Waldern's actually gonna come to Chicago. And then I saw more and more of the guys that they were interviewing. And I was like, maybe they are actually getting interviews with like good candidates. And then and then this hire happens, but I'm just impressed with the whole process. It wasn't rushed, they didn't have you know, the, the cheap. I mean, this can't be the cheapest office coordinator out there. Like no. it seems like the whole thing has shifted. And I know, you know, everyone has the, well, the bears aren't going to be good until they have new ownership or whatever. Ted Phillips is not the head guy there. It's the Kevin Warren and Ryan pole show. And this isn't the, we all all heard this, right? Remember they didn't switch the head coach. It's a lame duck situation. Why would Shane Waldron come here? If it's a lame duck situation, he obviously is like, Hey, this is a juicy spot. I want to be there. I'm the best OC candidate, and I want to be there. And you know what? Clint Kubiak, Cliff Kingsbury, Greg Roman, like etc. They all came too because they thought it was juicy. So it must not be the the worst situation or lame duck situation that people have painted it as.
0: Yeah, man. I'm just I'm just saying, right there with you, right? Where it's like everybody wants to make this some kind of oh well, it's Eberflus' third year, and he hasn't won this many games, and look, <clears throat> you and I are not trying to be the biggest fans of Matt Eberflus, right? Like, we got plenty of gripes, especially with the early way that this 2023 season opened up. But for as many reports as we heard, and as common a refrain as it is around Bears Nation to say, well, yeah, they literally stripped the team down around him in 2022. What would you expect? What if this is exactly what the coaches internally and the front office are saying to each other? So if that's Mm -hmm. the case then that means this was Iberflus' first year. And it could have gone way worse. Like, <clears throat> once they traded for Montez Sweat and basically turned the team around, I mean, look, I'm going to hit you with a statement that I think is kind of uh, corny and campy, but they held the Packers to less points than they, had, they allowed all the rest of the season. Like, <clears throat> the Packers in the playoffs scored more points on their opponents than they scored on the Bears in Week 18. Which yep. you know it's not like the bear's forced a punt or anything so what well, well,
1: and that was that was at home the Packers did that and then on the road in Dallas on the road in San Francisco is a very different story so I, I have I have one small point and then I actually have uh I'm gonna I'm gonna shift the conversation whether you know you want to go there or not but just just two points here so one okay. is I already have an because so one positive I like about flus I don't know if everyone likes this or not I like it he has nicknames for everybody, and I think that's fun. Like, I, I like that part about him, right? So, like, the, the nickname for Shane Waldron, okay? Yeah. I, I have one. I have an idea of what it could be. Do you have an idea of what his nickname could be?
0: Oh, yeah. And, I mean, like, I think I'm right, just to be honest right, with what, you. what do you think it is? I think it's going to be Waldo. I, I think then Iverflus okay. is going to walk around and be like, where's Waldo? And then he's going to snicker uh to his offense like left and right like hey where's waldo at where's waldo yeah yeah.
1: what do you think i was thinking walmart oh you know what i mean (laughs) something something walmart you know what i mean like where's the walmart special like you know however he'll you know right have have fun with it but the other thing is 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 you let into this in you know 109 y'all We 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 talk forever justin caleb Drake Drake made barely gets talked about, y'all. I mean, it's it's a possibility. Let's put it there, But but like that conversation is like ninety five percent of Bears Twitter. And there's so many other things to get excited about, and that's why we're going to talk about a lot more in this pod. But you had mentioned this, and this is this is what's got me maybe shifting my gears on one hundred and nine. You said once Montez Sweat came to Chicago, things changed. Right, the whole team. Oh, yeah. It wasn't just the defense. Like like we were winning games. The defense started playing well because he's a multiplier. He's a pass rusher. And yes. you got to see what a pass rush could do for a defense. And that was only one of them, y'all. The other one is is, is dog, you know, like bad, bad. So, <laughs> so my idea for 109, Keep and we, we're hearing more and more that the top three receivers might not be there. What if you got another pass rusher at 109? And I'll then see. all of a sudden you got two multipliers and as we saw with you know the 49ers had a bad corner and Green Bay obviously their safeties and one of their corners and Jair for half the season didn't play very well like you can go through the list they all survived because they had a pass rush Mm -hmm. and and again we, we we know and again I just maybe I have so much faith in polls like he's not like the well we'll we'll just figure it out like he's like he's innovative he's like last year he he had the madden trade i'm gonna go down to two and i'm gonna go down to nine you know like like he's my guy he's got to be thinking about let's generate way more pass rush and it's just going to elevate the defense from very good to maybe elite dallas turner man is like the guy i am almost zeroed in on at 109 although there's some other ones i like too but getting a guy that can rush the passer who's good against the defense who's going to be 21 for his entire rookie season and as the i think the highest ceiling of that group of passers at 109 opposite sweat just really gets me excited
0: so nick i don't want to burst your bubble there's no sense bursting your bubble i think right now a bunch of draft media and i love draft media right i don't mean this is a criticism is forgetting that Dallas Turner is the clear-cut number one option at edge, and he's not going to make it to nine. I I mean, like, freezing cold takes me if this doesn't happen, right? But, like, whether it's Tennessee, whether it's the Giants, I mean, of course it's easy for us to say, well, the Giants would never not pass on a a wide receiver. You know, it's funny, because I bet you there's probably, what do you think, 12? 14 organizations in the NFL right now that still do not believe in the top 10 wide receiver, like just as a concept,
1: you know oh, what I'm get, saying?
0: Yeah. Yep. And yep. an edge and, rusher. And, yeah.
1: And and I think, I think the combine will determine a lot more because if Turner balls out, which I expect him to and be a freak, you know, he's going to be a freak freak. Like, yeah, yeah. like he'll he, rise up now again. Like, I don't think Dallas Turner's like, a miles Garrett prospect y'all he's not an Aiden Hutchinson prospect he's 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 a notch below that in my opinion I because think he he's might. not as developed as those guys he didn't show out as much but I think that he's not gonna be miles Garrett he could maybe be a poor version of Aiden Hutchinson he could be like in that realm I think you, could you say happen.
0: that it's funny you mention Aiden right like I think I think he's absolutely an Aiden prospect me personally really? Like just because it is hard to find that kind of natural bend, that kind yeah. of explosiveness, that kind of power, and yeah, of course he's raw from the technique perspective, but you mm-hmm. see that athleticism pop and pop and pop again on that or Ooh. on that Alabama tape. And if memory serves, when Aiden Hutchinson did get drafted two overall, it was a pretty weak draft. In 2022, well, and so,
1: let, let's not forget that Trayvon Walker went 101, and everyone forgets that. And oh, the Jaguars completely whiffed. They, they could add Hutchinson mm, there. And now would now would change whiffed. them. They would be in the playoffs right now. But the the other thing I like with Turner too is like, as a freshman sophomore, really he was only good at that long arm technique. And right. so for for y'all to to describe that to you, that would be just one defensive end. If if I'm coming around the the right tackle, let's say it's Darnell Wright, right? I'm pushing one arm into his chest because one arm straight is actually longer than two arms engaged. And that's one very big pass rushing move, but now he has counters off of that. Robert, he's Mm. got the chop. He's got the swim. He's got the dip. He's got the counters inside. And so you can see this guy is just layering and layering his pass rushing moves. And it's exciting.
0: Oh, it's super exciting. If anything, Nick, it's funny. We talk about one Oh nine, right? Because the obvious answer is a guy like Roma Dunze. Now that the bears Mm -hmm. have hired Shane Waldron, another little Waldron fact, right? Is that he loves heavy personnel. So he likes using two tight ends and three tight ends more than nearly anybody. So yep. everybody is now connecting Brock Bowers to Shane or to Shane Waldron's Bears. And I don't see anything wrong with that, right? It's just that whenever I watch Bowers, I see an athlete that is exceptional, especially at the college level, uh, at basically being a huge receiver. And I got to tell you, Nick, there is part of me that looks at that and goes, hmm. I can't get Kyle Pitts out of my head, right? Like, I got gotcha. you. Usage is just so important, and it sure feels as if there are some of these offensive coordinators that just don't end up creative enough to like leverage mm-hmm. these weird packet or like these weird players. Because I'm not trying to say Bowers is weird, but you're gonna end up with teams that are gonna line him up against DB. You know what I mean? Like, no. there are going to be some teams that treat him as a wide receiver, schematically. And then there are going to mm. be some teams that treat him as a tight end, and those teams are just going to get baked. <laughs> like, with linebackers on Frog Power, jacket. Yeah, good luck. But so, all I, of this, I, I, what? Oh, go ahead. All I, of this, was, it's my turn now. All <laughs> of this to say, I can't help but sit here, Nick, and, and mutter to myself that we're just incomplete on what we're going to do like in general for me to tell you what I think the bears are going to do at nine. There's a bunch of incredibly exciting options, but I am more certain that the bears don't want to go from nine to 75 and skip the second round than nearly anything in this. So are they going to trade? everybody's favorite number one wearing quarterback. Is that going to draw a second round pick? Maybe that's the answer, right? Mm -hmm. Every time I run a mock draft simulator right now, I get offered some really juicy trade package from nine down to like late teens and early 20s. And I think that's Mm -hmm. an intriguing option because the other thing that's not being talked about, Nick, Bears fan, here's the way that I would put this. The second tier of receivers in this draft is exactly the same tier of receivers that we saw: JSN, Jordan Addison, Quinton Johnston, and uh, the fourth one. Who who, who was it? Remind Zay me. Zay Flowers. Zay Flowers. All who, who, who's two.
1: my who's my number one? By the way,
0: last hey, there year. There you go. Like, if anything, I'm realizing that I showed my draft newness with how much I love Jackson Smith Jigba. Not that I not that I'm walking any of it back. He's a very good player, right? Yeah. But if JSN is a tier one wide receiver, then Rome Malik. And Marvin Harrison Jr. are tier zero, right? But then you get to Keon Coleman. You get to Ladd McConkley. You get to Troy Franklin. You get to Devontae Walker. You get to Adonai Mitchell. Like, uh, who was one you just mentioned? Brian Thomas. Brian Thomas. Like, these guys are all in that category of receiver, Mm -hmm. Very, very good. And if you fell into the late teens or early 20s, you're still going to get one. And as much as I know Bears fans, I I wouldn't want to hear this if I was you. Let me put it that way, Nick, is uh, data actually says that that's the better move. Like data has always pointed to second round wide receivers and late first round wide receivers generally being the move as opposed to ultra high wide receivers. It's changing a little bit because recent data favors more Jamar Chase, Jalen Waddell and some of the other guys that we've seen right but it's just not that long ago that Justin Jefferson was drafted at 18th overall uh DJ Moore if memory serves was like a late teens pick I mean it's a great hot zone for talent in a draft Mm -hmm. like this and so my question to you Nick is if you could pick up an extra second this year an extra second next year and maybe a third rounder this year would you trade down
1: well, that seems like a lot to move down. I would absolutely do that. That's and that's my PFF
0: know, move, right? I that's got to you. say yeah. it's real.
1: <laughs> well, you know what's interesting is like the Brock Bowers thing has me a little bit more excited. And I, I, my hot take is I think Brock Bowers is a better playmaker than Roma Dunze. I think Ooh. Roma Dunze after the reception isn't as good as people want no. him to be. I think he's a he's like a. He's a slightly better version of Brian Thomas to me. I really like Brian Thomas, but there's just a big guy on the outside that has a good size, speed, I get. But I think Bowers can be more. But just like, okay, just like Justin Fields, y'all, we're seeing that it takes a special coordinator, I think, to get the most out of that type of a talent. It's going to take the right coordinator to get the most out of a Brock Bowers, especially when you already have Cole Komet. To a cheap deal, so that's. But it could be fun because I also like that when you are giving tells in terms of its run or pass, etc. Right. But but the other thing that you're not talking about, too, Robert, is like there, there's there's really like four positions, y'all, that are like really deep this year. Okay, receiver we just talked about. Yep, I think edge has some really good depth in terms of late round one, early round two. I agree. As well,
0: it falls off really hard, but it always does. Yep, yep. There,
1: offensive tackle. Oh yeah, and corner. So yes. Chicago might not need a corner if we're not going to bring back, you know, if we're going to sign Jalen Johnson and we'll, we'll talk about that one here in a bit edge, we need tackle is a, maybe right. Depends. I would say no, but maybe, and then receiver for sure. So I think moving down and getting two swipes into that pot of, of, you know, good prospects makes more sense than one.
0: I agree. And not to mention, I, I can't help but look at this and just think it, it, as we talk about this, right? Like, one of the best pass rushers <laughs> in the draft class. Is that, is that even too far? You got to know who I'm talking about. Like, we talked about Dallas Turner getting picked above nine. Uh, Latui Latu is going to be there, like, at nine. And if his medicals check out, because you know at the Combine, they're going to basically give that guy the physical of his life. <laughs> Just every NFL team is going to want to know, right? And he is one of the most dangerous pass rushers, and far and away. In this class, which is really saying something. And so maybe that's a direction the bears go. I keep coming back, Nick, to the idea that the edge class in free agency is better than I've nearly ever seen it. Now, I've not been paying attention, paying attention to that kind of thing for more than about the last five years, right? But generally speaking, I'm way more accustomed to seeing Olivier Vernon and Marcus Golden get like huge deals on the edge free agent market than I am seeing a couple actual talents like Bryce Huff as a situational third rusher, like right. Daniel Hunter, who's gonna hit the market. Maybe Chris Jones hits the market, like the defensive line free agent market actually gives the Bears some decent options. And I'm dying to know what they're going to do there because the team you and I are looking at right now, I mean, Nick, is this the most normal thing in the world? You and I are staring at the roster thinking, ooh, how do we draft to fix this? Well, free agency comes first. And it's really easy to ignore that, right? Yeah. And so you know the Bears are going to sign a receiver, whether they're going to sign a big dog, like Calvin Ridley or T. Higgins, or whether they're going to go lower and basically imply to everybody that they are a drafting receiver, we will see. But Edge is a position I could easily see them making a splash at, which if they did pay, let's say they paid Bryce Huff $17 million a year for the next three years guaranteed two years of it, right? Well, now you're not thinking Dallas Turner just because yep. you just paid a free agent. But yep. if you don't, <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, I'm just going to say this. Let, let's put it this way, Nick. If the board fell the right way and you got Latuilatu, Chris Jones, Andrew Billings, Montez Sweat with Gervon Dexter and Zach Pickens in reserve with Demarcus Walker coming off the bench too to beat up on some fresh tackles. like I don't want to use words that get over my skis, but goodness, if Latuilatu develops pretty quickly, that could be a Super Bowl defensive line.
1: Oh yeah. Oh for sure. And and I um the way I always look at this right now in terms of cuz you're right. I think we we need to start looking a little bit more at the free agency not just the draft and pairing it together. So I you know, normally we wait till the end for this. But I have a football guys video coming out. Yeah, you do. on fixing the bears this off season in five steps. So I I go through who they're going to cut. I go through the quarterback decision. I go through a free agency and I, here's here's my I Did guess. Did you cut four? What? Did you cut four? Yeah, 4 is gone.
0: <laughs> Four's gone.
1: Well, for, for a few, well, I'll I'll get into some of this. There's a few reasons. So, but I also don't think Chicago's gonna have as much cap space as people think. Because even with the cuts, you have to you have to have money for signing in season players and your practice squad, signing your draft picks. And in my opinion, we'll get to this probably, I'm sure, but franchising Jalen Johnson. That, that's a, that's a chunk y'all like, that's a big chunk. And I, I think that Chicago's going to have about 22 million left. And here, do you want me to go through how I want to spend it? Sure. All right. So, cause I think we have to pair, like, we just talked through what the draft is good at. And then I think you have to be like, okay, then what can we do in free agency to parts that we're not going to be able to address in the draft and the spots that we're going to have. And then, and then you're going to build your, build your complete team with depth, which I think is the big thing this offseason. We're going to get depth and not be weak, weak, weak at spots. Right. So my first one is center. I know there's people that want to go JPJ or they're going to go Zach Frazier. But I think whether it's Fields or Caleb Williams, you both, both of them saw weak interior offensive lines, especially at center get pushed back in their face and they struggled. And I don't want to put a rookie in front of them expecting them to solve it all because sometimes that takes time. I have one center that I want over all the other ones.
0: I Man, there's just, a lot. Is it still Connor? Oh, yeah. Okay. Let's see. You're just not worried about the ACL at all. Right. What, so, so, so here's why. So because because Connor you know, Williams, a lot of good, everybody. By the way, yeah, yeah,
1: Connor Williams. There's a lot of good free agent centers. Andre James, Lloyd Cushenberry. Um, people talk about the guy from Seattle. I think it's Evan Brown or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he was he wasn't that great. Um, there's there's Aaron Brewer for Tennessee. Like there was there's actually five free agent centers that were top half of the NFL in terms of PFF rating. But Connor Williams is the only one that's been top five two years in a row, or two years at all in his career. Now, he tore his other ACL, Robert, in twenty nineteen. Did you know that?
0: Uh, now that you told me, yes, but no, I didn't uh, know that, and that has me like, oh gosh. Now,
1: <laughs> you, now, how about this? So he tore it in week thirteen. He came back and played every game the next year. So That's he tore good. it in week fourteen this year.
0: Am, am I, I? You make me feel crazy, Nick, for the very normal assertion that there is just some risk involved and it it, and in a pivotal year so granted I'm one of the kooks that wants to sign one and then draft one anyways right you? like you talk about a JPJ guy I want I want Jackson Powers Johnson on the bench as the IOL as the OL six like if I got to choose I want him to basically sit and be the guy that is going to step in as a reserve for whether it's Tevin Jenkins getting hurt, whether it's Nate Davis playing his way out of a job, or whether it's at the center for some reason needing replacement and he's ahead of schedule. Like, I don't really care. But to your point, I think the offensive line is so pivotal in this next quarterback season that why would you not over-address the problem, right? right. That's right. at least and how it, I see it. And and the other thing, and hold up, let me let me grab my, my
1: notebook, y'all. Dude, I... I mean, you, it out. you guys know, you guys know me and Robert are, are deep into this. Here's the other thing of why I want, um, Connor Williams over some of the other ones. And we don't know what the rookies are going to be like, but there's this thing called Raz relative athletic score. Okay. Looking at the free agent centers, Connor Williams, Raz, Robert
0: mm-hmm. 9.15. Oh Yeah. That's the athleticism
1: that they all want. And so when you have a guy that's peaked eliteness, there's risk with his injuries, which he'll be cheaper and has the athleticism. That's the guy he's 26. And then you still can, you know, maybe you draft a mid round guy or you hope that Doug Kramer is the guy. If you know, he's not ready for the first two weeks or whatever it is. But to me, I think that helps fill more void. I just think, I just think JPJ is going to be a guy that's going to go late round one mid to early round two. And I think you can't have that be a backup. And especially with interior O line. If it's a if it's a swing tackle and guard like uh was it Graham Barton? Maybe I just think center interior offensive line backup is tough.
0: So granted, a friend of mine told me a while ago, and I've been trying to follow this as best I could because I thought it was really smart at the time that you should always approach the draft with a three year mindset. Right. You are drafting in 2024 for 2026, 2027. Not that it can't help in 2024. That's just ahead of schedule, right? And to me, Nick, the moment that we start kidding the entire rookie team around what the Bears have right now is the moment that I think we start to miss the problems that we're trying to solve. Because the moment that I say, okay, what do you mean? You're drafting for three years from now. Well, Nick, in three years, Montez Sweat will be 31. In three years, DJ Moore will be 30. Right. So if you said that the Bears were going to draft an edge rusher, well, that actually makes quite a lot of sense, doesn't it? Because yeah. as Montez Sweat fades, so you, you would expect the new edge rusher that you just drafted would rise and take his place. Right. Mm-hmm. Or Roma Dunze, let's say he starts as a one B, but as DJ Moore ages, maybe he becomes the one A as Rome mm-hmm. gets better and better.
1: Kind of like the Marvin Harrison, Reggie Wayne type thing.
0: Exactly, right? Uh, And so I would hope that the Bears are at least a little future-minded. And to me, JPJ would be an extremely future-minded pick if you did it my way, right? Just because I would be planning around something bad happening. Like the expectation that I would have is, no, Jackson, you're going to play eight games. I'm going to be blown away if you don't play eight games. Like, I don't know which position you're going to be playing a map, but I know you're going to play games. Well,
1: I mean, I mean, I mean, likely, I mean, unfortunately with Tevin Jenkins. So, okay. So that's one I'm going to, I have, um, six signings in free agency. Okay. But they're all bargained. So Connor Williams, uh, Brad Spielberger only has him at 6 million per year.
0: Oh man. That, that is just so juicy. See? Like that's the, uh, that's the TJ Edwards deal effectively.
1: That- well, Ethan Posick, who I liked last year, mm-hmm. um, he, he was three years, 18 million. This is hard to me. He's been so yep. good for Cleveland, too. He is. He is. And, but he's not as flashy as Connor is, but Connor has the injuries. So there you go. But okay, so the other ones, I'll go quickly because I know we got other things we want to talk about. Um, <clears throat> free safety. Again, bargain because I think that we're going to draft one in the mid rounds is Alohi Gilman. Okay. So free safety for the Chargers. He was at uh, Navy, then went to Notre Dame. He's not a crazy good athlete, but you can get him cheap. He's 26, I think. Um, Sixth best overall safety this year. Fifth best coverage safety this year. And he's a way better tackler than a guy people are going to want to sign named Gino Stone.
0: I mean, I am all for bargains at safety. Like, as much as I know, it it was funny because you talked earlier about how fans always, like, basically fans will throw shade at an offensive coordinator nearly no matter what well there's always that one player that leaves your team that fans just hated at the time and i'll never forget the way bears fans absconded uh i don't even think that's the right word the way bears fans basically shunned adrian amos when he left to go to the packers oh, and right. then the bears downgraded in a big way bringing in Haha clinton dicks and then the worst version of deshaun gibson that we had after that but who, who is a
1: baller this year, by the way? Who is a baller? Where did this good come this
0: from, year? man? Where did this come from? But so within that, it's like bargains at safety are a position that you can find good play at if you find the right fit. Now, yep. I would also again hope for a sign one, draft one, just yep. because if you're going to cut Eddie Jackson, you need a starter, and I think we need a better third safety than Elijah Hicks, right? Oh my so gosh, yes. a, a guy I know I've got my eye on is Auburn's Jalen Simpson but that's digging into some draft stuff that we'll get to later. I, I, I like Jaden Hicks. Jay, uh, the, the kid from Washington state. Yes. He can't move. Like I, I, the tape I've seen. He is a, sl- like he's a slow burn starter that doesn't have great top speed. He's so big. Like I'm not surprised, I, right? I know,
1: I know. See, this is gonna be fun. We'll get into prospects. <laughs> but right now, right now that's when I'm like mm. but I'm thinking like round four, round five for him.
0: Right. But to me, if you're not fast at this league at DB, you're a touchdown waiting to happen. Well, I, okay, so I was okay. Let me let me let me pull up in my pull, book out again, okay? no pull out the notebook. Okay? Pull out so the I no was plug.
1: I was looking at Raz for safeties that are free agents, okay? And obviously. Mm-hmm. Antoine Winfield is my dream, okay? But after seeing our cap space, I'm like, I don't think it'll happen. He's 7.83. All of the other ones that I have, besides um, Blackman for the Colts, I thought maybe because of the Iberthus connection, he's a possibility. He doesn't have one. Everyone else's Raz is 6.17 or below. And that 6.17 is Tashawn Gibson, by the way. Everyone else is below a six. Like, there's just not athletic safeties that are out there. So I, I think that, Safety is, you know, people joke and they're like, "Well, he plays corner because he can't catch or he play receiver." Right. I think that if you're slow, they put you in safety because you can't play corner.
0: And if you're big, like yes. if you're, you look at some of these corners. Like I think my favorite one right now is a kid named uh, Kalen Carson. Like he's not my Ooh, favorite. Wake Forest, right? the Wake Forest kid, right? I mean, he's got long. He's yeah. He's, he's, he's a spider. Like he he looks like Long a spider arms, when he moves, and then yep. Kalen King, uh, completely different spelling, right? Different. But the Penn State kid, he yep. can move. He's like if you, uh, he's like if you got Kyler Gordon to be drastically more physical on the outside, for better or for worse, well, and then way,
1: way way better two years ago than this year.
0: Oh yeah, like this year it's been pretty up and down, but more than anything, Nick, you'll come to find that I. I put, like, probably 60% of my take into how they move compared to how well they play football. And just because for better or for worse, I've seen it where if you move well, your game will translate to the NFL level. If you play good football but you don't move well, then you're going to get blown up by the guys that do at the next level. But, again, that's a conversation for another time. It's more to say you're talking about corner and, well— you know, actually this may be a decent transition. That's what I was gonna get to because I got some stuff to talk about. Let so all right, y'all.
1: We're we're gonna we'll come back to my other free agents here. But this is this is what me and Robert do, right? We get pumped about stuff. We we, do. we have outlines of what we want to talk about, but man, we just get passionate. So you you're gonna have to deal with this. Jalen Johnson. <laughs> Jalen Johnson, okay. I and Robert, I think, are both in agreement that we don't want to pay Jalen Johnson. And so this year was great. I mean, don't get me wrong. And, and I, I like Jalen Johnson. This isn't, I don't like him. I do. He has not earned the 21, 22, 23 million per year that he's going to ask for, that he's now asking for in podcasts. And part of that is only one great year. I would say the other years, Robert, are like average, maybe slightly above average or worse. And he's injured. That shoulder is a concern for me. But I have one other thing. And then I'll give you the floor, Robert. And I and I know I've, I've shared this with you, so you know it's coming. But Brett Coleman, y'all, okay, again, this isn't just about us. This is, we're giving you resources. Brett right. Coleman on Twitter, follow him, YouTube, really smart guy, good followable with football. He put this stat out there. Since 2010, 65% of all pro cornerbacks were, or I'm sorry, 81% of all pro cornerbacks were in their sixth season in the NFL or less. And then 65% of Pro Bowl corners, or in their sixth season in the NFL or less. And what that means is corner ages very quickly, and you're left with some bad contracts. I think we can see that over the years. Remember JC Jackson? Again, I know he switched teams. He fell off quickly. Jair Alexander, y'all, hasn't been as great the past couple years. I know there's some injuries, but it's not the same. So part of that gives me pause with Jalen, too.
0: So there's this kid that I was watching a little while ago, right? I guess it was last year. His name was Jalen Jones out of Texas A&M. Not that one, Bears fans. Different guy. <laughs> Came out in last year's draft. Um, a former five-star, right? A lot of people really liked him going into the draft cycle. And I was talking with a friend of mine, right? Because I was watching him and I was like, he's got really good technique. His hips are really solid. But he, he seems kind of slow. Are you able to draft corners that are slow? And my, it, the friend of mine I'm talking to is like a former D2 safeties coach, among other things. He was like, absolutely not. I mean, you just can't live out there. If if they can run by you, then you are sunk. It is the Kyler Gordon problem, where in Kyler Gordon's time as an outside corner, which was short-lived last year, basically he played two games against Philly and against Buffalo, where teams didn't challenge him vertically, or like teams didn't challenge his long speed, and then the Lions picked up on it, and Nick... The first five plays that they ran, three of them were take Kyler Gordon deep for all his lunch money. And the Bears had some pass rush that bailed him out on two of them. And one of them was a long completion. It is so funny when you talk about that Coleman set, because what does that show you? Well, it shows you that if you lose a step, you are dead out there like you you can't hang out there. And mm-hmm. so at least I look at that and I think to myself, it's funny. You you mentioned earlier, uh <laughs> talking about like, well, I think both of us don't want to pay Jalen. And I'm the jackwagon that would sit across from Jalen and be like, Jalen, I want to pay you. You know I have to tag you, right? And we'll see what happens this year. But now you've got me wondering, Nick, if this is a basically a hostile negotiation, for better or for worse, where yeah. the Bears kind of have to place the tag and then Maybe they they probably don't draft somebody this year just because they've got other directions that they may want to go. But then they could draft somebody and keep the secondary relatively young and let Jalen walk and hit free agency just because. Like you're talking about, at that point he'd be what 25. Would it be would it be 26? So It'd I could two. also understand a short deal if the Bears wanted to get something three or four years, one to two guaranteed. I could see it if he keeps this up. But he
1: doesn't want a short deal.
0: I don't think he wants a short deal, but no. also guaranteed money is guaranteed money, right?
1: It is. It is. And that, that's the tough part is like, and I, and, and I, y'all, I read your comments and then someone like, we don't want to hear that Jalen Johnson talk. They're signing up. This is also a business. This is what's going to be, we're we're not paying you for what you did. We're going to pay for what you will be. And what is he going to be? Is he going to be the top right corner next year? Robert, I would pay almost anything that he's not going to be the top corner. No, probably not. Or, or any other year. So you think like it's the, the worst kind of going forward. And so, I mean, kind of, as you said, I mean, you have two young corners that you're kind of developing and you'll see what happens there as insurance. Kyler could go outside if you need to, and you might draft another
0: guy to be your fourth
1: corner. Like that might be kind of where you go, or fourth outside corner, sorry.
0: If if it was me, at the very least, I would try to tag him and use the tag as leverage to get him on something around the tag's value for longer term. Because to me, if you sign the deal now, it makes a lot more sense than trying to sign that deal in a year, just given his age timeline. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, it's funny you mentioned the 61 percent of corners that are in their six year or less. Jalen was also a baby baby when he got to the NFL. Like he was so young that the hope would be that his at least lower half can stay in or can basically stay young for a little bit longer. So the idea that he's got more length in him makes a lot of sense to me. Not to mention, Nick, I'm a big believer in having an experienced CB1 Now, you have to have them be experienced and also young enough to run with these guys, or that doesn't matter, right? Like, in the NFL, you have to have your CB1 take on DK Metcalf, and if he can't beat DK Metcalf, there's no point. It is over. Mm -hmm. You are toast out there, right? But I don't think Tyreek is there yet. I think Tyreek needs another year being the CB2. God knows he got targeted enough, and we all saw it. But if it was me, and frankly, if I was Matt Eberflus, just to push back on us a little bit, Nick, you want this guy signed because you kind of need 2024 and 2025 to produce a playoff team and running a guy who nearly locked off entire half or like an entire half of the field for the back half of the season. Like that's somebody that you can't let walk and screw the 2026 cap. I don't care. Like I'm and, coaching and, and right
1: and it helps the locker room, right? You sign a guy that, that's done well. But here's, here's my other counter to all this, y'all, is we saw Jalen Johnson the first, whatever, half of the year. And did it matter for the defense? Not at all. The Bears' defense was no. trash. Montez Sweat comes, changes everything. So we know what a defensive end pass rusher can do to change a defense. And does a corner matter as much? So you, let's say you save the money, Robert. Let's say you trade away Jalen Johnson for a second. We'll just say you don't get the first that you want, even though Polza said he wants to keep him, right? You get a second, and you use that money, and you get Daniil Hunter. Would you do it?
0: I probably wouldn't, but that's only because it sounds like, Nick, you and I. So I look at the Chargers, right? The Chargers had Khalil Mack. The Chargers had Joey Bosa. The Chargers had a horrible secondary and did those edge rushers matter no they did not the charges were one of the worst defenses in football because to me you need both right you need solid dbs and then when you have a pass rush in front of them those dbs suddenly turn into list makers right that's where you get your second team all pro from Jalen johnson thank you montez sweat right but it's so funny nick because we talk about this like offense to me is more individualistic Yes, you need your offensive line to come through for you, right? But you can call a play where the only people that really matter are your wide receiver one and your tight end, like your your primary tight end, and everybody else is an afterthought within that play call, right? Not that yep. your running back doesn't matter. Not that the second wide receiver on whatever pattern he's running doesn't matter, but that they're less important because they're not the original plan.
1: Yeah. Or or the first read.
0: Yeah. Right. Within defense, oh bro, you need. Everybody like defense is so hard to put together because you are about as strong as your weakest link. And beyond that, you're it it is very easy for pressure to burst pipes. And so I'd be I'm going to be really interested in what the Bears want to do. I think that Jalen is the right guy, at least talking this out with you, Nick. Jalen is the right guy to me to potentially hand a contract you know is overvalued if you can get his number down to a swallowable pill just to put the locker room in the right headspace for 2024 and 2025 before you start making business decisions. I mean, you look at the salary cap that they have coming up. I don't know where the cap is falling off, but in 2024, they've got $55 million of cap space, and that was with some manipulation. Uh, I, I just realized, actually, it's... It, it's such it's so funky, right? I traded uh, the quarterback, I cut J- Eddie Jackson, I cut Cody Whitehair, and I tagged Jalen Johnson, and they're left with $55 million. But then in 2025, they have $125 million. And in 2026, mm-hmm. they have $208 million. And I'm sure mm-hmm. plenty of that is just churn that we're gonna see from the roster. But I do wonder, here's a question, Poles have been front-loading deals so far. Do you think that stops?
1: Um, I, I think it's gonna be interesting. They've had very even deals and I think that's interesting as well. So, and, and we've talked about this too. If they go with fields, I think that they will backload deals to, to stay under the cap because they know things, things, you know, are going to be coming, but I think that if they, um, or no, I'm sorry, they'll, they'll front load deals. Sorry, because they know that they'll have to pay them eventually, but I think if they, draft a rookie quarterback I think they will backload deals because that's when you make your run during that rookie contract and so if you can push off the money you'll have that four or five year run to try to go for it and I think I think that's that's what they'll do now here's the interesting thing you said if he'll take something around the franchise cap number so for people to know if they franchise Jalen Johnson it's eighteen point four two one million dollars right if the Bears can sign him to a four-year deal around that number with two years of that being guaranteed, I'm all for it. But I don't think that's what he's going for, y'all.
0: I can't help but sit here and think guaranteed money talks. Like, if I was you, or if I was him and I was you, and I was talking to Jalen's agent, I'd be like, Jalen, we want you here, man. Yeah. Like, I'll even guarantee you two and a half years of it. Like, that's fine.
1: But Wait, four, 40 million guaranteed. And you got that shoulder.
0: Yes. Like, that, to me, this is what you'd have to do to get the deal done. Right. Yep. And I really will trade cap number for having the guy in the locker room and having him be a thumbs up guy like a a we guy in this case instead of just a me guy. But like mm-hmm. you're talking about, I mean, if I got to choose between twenty three million dollars AAV with one and a half guaranteed, because sometimes you see a deal like that get struck. Right. Versus a little bit more guarantees even though he gets injured i mean you got to remember how few of these corners actually play an entire 17 game season it's really rare so as much as it stinks to have jalen johnson's shoulder be as problematic as it is it's pretty industry standard so long as he doesn't tear his acl and i'm gonna knock on wood for that but it's it's a complex decision man Like, because it's not pass rusher, it's not offensive tackle, it's not wide receiver one. It's a position that everybody likes to cheap out on and then gets really mad that their cheap option isn't any good, right? Or
1: or they're getting picked on. Like, we saw Green Bay just picking on the one 49-hour corner endlessly that game. All right, so I'm going to transition and go through the rest of my signings quickly, and then we probably go D.C. maybe talk. Okay. Let's Um, mention
0: some D.C. stuff, but, man, let's talk playoffs before we get out of here.
1: Yeah, sure we sure we can. So, so my, my other quick signings I I did, and that was in this exercise that'll be in the video at, at Football Guys, is so I have two D linemen, Robert, that are veterans over thirty that I thought you could sign to bring in to help nurture the young guys, uh-huh. teach the young guys, but still give you something. And I also like that they're both guys that have been playoff teams, still have some leadership there. And they'll help. I I think that's an underrated thing. Having guys that have that mindset of we're going playoffs. Mm -hmm. Think of, think of Tremaine. Think of TJ Edwards. Like, Mm -hmm. like it was different. It wasn't just money. They're like, we want to win. Like, that's why we're here. Shelby Harris. Divas of tackle was at Cleveland. He's been good at a few different teams. Seattle before that. There's a connection there. Um, Y'all. One year, 3 million is what they expected from him. I think he's like 32, 33. The other one. Divas event. Brandon Graham.
0: Oh, man. That guy is the Philly guy, right? Yeah, he's 35. Did he just recently get cut Then then picked up somewhere else? He's a free agent. Man, he'd be an interesting one, if only because I wonder what what Walker could learn from him. But I didn't realize that uh, Walker is 30. Like DeMarcus Walker is 30 years old. Is he? Is he really? That's what over the cap is saying, which I was like, no way. what? <laughs> no way. I'm, I'm looking this up. Yeah. DeMarcus Walker, DeMarcus? seven seasons. He is, uh, Oh, 29 is what I have. Well, I, I think I'm looking at the 2024. So it probably rolls up their ages. Oh, yeah, uh, for at least a year.
1: September 30th next year. Oh,
0: right. <laughs> there
1: you go. Never. Mind. Yeah. So, so I, cause I thought, you know, Graham again, how many playoff teams has that guy been on? He is a, a good leader. I, I watched um, I can't remember what it was one of the TV shows he's on in terms of like, I don't know if it's hard knocks or one of them. Um, and then also he's still effective. He was like, Robert, he was like a top 30 DM this year. That's hilarious. So, so, so those two, um, then I have a tight end and a receiver that are bargains.
0: Uh, the receiver is it Tyler Boyd? No. Who is it?
1: Cause I got to go cheaper. Cause I, I have it as 22 million. We'll have to spend. Okay. I have Noah Brown for the, the Texans,
0: man, Noah he, Brown, former cowboy, right? Former,
1: former cowboy, six two two fifteen athleticism, but he's overshadowed by Nico Collins and tank Dell. Mm-hmm. And he has a chance to be that number two. No, I'm, we don't know what Chicago's going to do. Right.
0: Probably won't, well, but we'll love to tell him. He will, well, right. I mean,
1: I mean, <laughs> you, you, you sell to him like Byron Pringle. Like,
0: Hey man, maybe you could, you know, Yeah, cause that works so uh, well with Byron Pringle anyways. But,
1: I know. I know. That's one. And then the other one is, so I have two chances here. The other guy was more expensive. So I didn't go with him. The other guy would be following Shane Waldron. So that's another thing we got to think about y'all is like, he has guys on Seattle. I mean, the the center that we talked about, right. Evan Brown or in this one is Colby Parkinson is a tight end that you could think mm-hmm. of. Noah offense, a free agent as well. DJ Dallas, the guy I thought that they could bring in is Mike is tall, okay. athletic kind of your move. Tight end could be a slot guy, but bring some size. Like, cause I think they need a little bit more size. Do you think and he's still one, got it? It's one year, $2 million. I think he's probably 28. I, that's so. for, that, I mean, it's, that's just like they did last year, but hopefully this tight end two works out.
0: It's so funny. You talk about this, Nick, if only because as I'm looking at the Bears' cap situation, I mean, to your point, it is easy to forget. That there is a small drawback to having two first round picks, and that's that they are not actually that cheap. And like they're cheap compared to if they play at an all pro level, but you're talking about $15 million. Like that's a pretty sweet free agent that you could spend on with two first round picks. But instead, that could be whoever you take at number one plus whoever you take at number nine. So, I'm not saying the Bears should trade back for financial reasons. That would be just the stupidest <laughs> reason. Like that that would be really pretty stupid. But and it, and, it,
1: and it gets cheaper real quick like like number 20 is
0: probably half of what number 9 is going to make. I think so. And so it'll it'll be really interesting to see what they do there. And then mm. you talked a little bit about defensive coordinator. You tell me what you're thinking, but like to me, the lack of noise that we've seen from defensive coordinator has almost seemed like Poles slapping his hand on Fluce's shoulder and being like, Yeah, you know the reason we're keeping you is because you're our defensive play caller going forward. Mm-hmm. You know this, right? Right. You know
1: what I mean? No, I, I agree with you. And and both of the guys, so Chris William or, or sorry, Chris Harris is the one interview, which Bears fans, I hope you remember him from The the playoff teams in Chicago. Mm -hmm. I was a big Chris Harris fan. Again, talking about a guy that wasn't over the athletic, Robert. That was Chris (laughs) Harris in the right spot a lot, but just not over the athletic. And then interestingly enough, another one of his defensive coaching partners is Terrell Williams, the D line and assistant head coach with the Titans, is also interviewed. Um, I I like it from a couple points of view. I like the Titans defense because I think that they milk so much more out of their players th- like talent because they don't have a lot of money. They don't have a ton of talent in Tennessee, but man, they like make those guys into just like way better than they are. I mean, you know, you have, I know Jeffrey Simmons is obviously is a complete stud, but they make those guys, I think just in that defense, way more formidable. Um, and I know this year was a little bit of a struggle. They had some injuries, but over the years, I mean, and that's like Vrabel's the same thing. That's why I have so much respect for Mike Vrabel's. Like they're winning games and in ball in ball games. And I'm like, dude, you guys are so much more overmatched versus your opponent. But that's that's coaching. And so those are the coaches I want to chase. So those are the two that I've heard of. Have you heard of any others?
0: No, uh, I haven't heard of any partially because it sure seems as if the Bears were looking for this offensive play caller first and foremost and then they'll go looking for somebody who's going to wear the mantle of defensive coordinator but he's ultimately going to be like an ideas bringer and a heavy quality control guy right at least that's the impression that i get is how can we find somebody with a slightly different perspective from our own that can come in offer up some really good ideas that then i as your head coach am going to use (laughs) when i call Mm -hmm. the plays. and hey Mm -hmm. i'm just saying the bears have attempted from the start here, to be future forward. They really have. Like, even in running what seems like an antiquated defense at times, you have to remember that as this whole league shifts towards the 3-4 with a bunch of too high the Bears playing also a bunch of too high but using all the players that become cast-offs from all these other organizations is our way to try to add more talent like TJ Edwards when everybody else wants to move on to find the next Fred Warner. Right. At yep. least that's the aim. And so, in that same way, Nick, I can't believe I'm saying this. The Bears are trying to turn Matty Rufluse into defensive Kyle Shanahan, right? Like mm-hmm. the offensive head or the offensive play caller mold, but yep. instead it's the defensive play caller. It sure well, seems as if,
1: yeah. You know, the other thing I think that's interesting is so, Flus's background is linebackers, right? Mm-hmm. So, both of these interviews are D line and DB. So, like, you wonder if they're like, hey, yo, your your specialty was making Shaq Leonard who he is. And we got mm-hmm. you TJ Edwards in, in, in Maine, right? But now let's bring in a DB, Divas Coordinator, or a D-line Divas Coordinator to match you. So that that can be their specialty. Then you got two of the three already knocked out. And you're still going to have your assistants. I get it. But I'm just saying, like, like, maybe you can tell us more. Because I know... Tennessee had, and this is one thing I really liked about them. They had a lot of simulated pressures, Robert, Right before it was a thing this year. They did it two years ago, and I was like, oh, man, this is some really nice stuff. And so, you know, maybe bringing either of those guys to be like, hey, this is stuff that's in my repertoire. I'll bring that to Chicago. You can do that with your two athletic linebackers and Kyler Gordon, et cetera, and we'll take it to the next level.
0: I can't wait, man. I mean, we'll see what happens, but <clears throat> I look at those, and I'm, I'm just really excited about the Bears continuing to expand their horizons, and us getting a chance. I mean, you know this, Nick. You and I are, first of all, obviously, we're rabid, avid Bears fans, so at the end yeah. of the day, like, we would just love to see the Bears make a move, but also, I'm always open to being wrong. Like, let's challenge some ideas. The bears clearly have a different way that they want to go about trying to build this thing. When everybody's trying to build it one way, they are trying to build it another. Okay, Mm -hmm. prove us wrong. Mm -hmm. Like, show me that the other direction works. I am so ready to see it. I hope they're right. Because there are going to be some serious advantages to if they can build this thing their way. I mean, there's reasons to be dubious,
1: right? (laughs) Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, honestly, like, if you're the first person that goes outside the box, people don't know how to defend you. They don't know how to have a game plan for you. And there's, there's advantages there, which just being different, there's advantages to it. But Robert, let's get to the reason why people got to this podcast. Okay. Today.
0: Yeah. Why have you been
1: so sick for so long, man?
0: My baby, man, he's a little Petri dish. He goes to daycare because he, like his mother and I, but we married both work. And so because of that, he just brings home a new disease, and this time it was a stomach bug. When's the last time you had a stomach bug, Nick?
1: A long time, but I work
0: with kids. I work at a high school. And you – well, you work at a high school. I'm talking these baby babies. Like I don't know what goes on in those little bodies, but they are like walking disease bomb Petri dishes. And so like stomach bug in particular was just a nasty one to cut or to deal with. Cause I was like, I haven't had one of these. Do you, okay. So years. like,
1: you know, do we do Maybe this is intervention time. Y'all. Okay. Like maybe, maybe give some advice to Robert here, things that he can help. I mean, like, <laughs> like multivitamin emergency, man, like, like maybe you need to, to, to gargle like some salt water. You know what I mean? Like, like maybe this is going to be like a daily, weekly routine, Cause, cause you're missing out on pods, man. Like your, what your you stream, you know, stuff like that. The, the the
0: people need a healthy Robert. The people need a healthy Robert. Absolutely. But they also need content and that's what I'm here delivering. Right. And speaking of, I cannot remember who picked what last week, uh, as far oh. as playoffs go. Like I, I messaged you. You like that one, right? Which one specifically? M- m- remember because you
1: said that Houston was
0: going to cover. I did think Houston was going to cover, and you know what? For the first half, it sure looked like You know what I mean? <laughs> this, is, this has unfortunately been my MO, where I'm right until I'm very wrong. Right? <laughs> and, like, gosh, man, that was a sweet game, too. Because coming out of the half, like, Jalen Petrie gets his hands on a ball that if he's able to pull down, who knows? Maybe it shifts the tone of the game, but he doesn't. And so, no. like, what a wonderful football game. Honestly, credit to the Texans for getting to where they were. But, I mean, the Ravens are just a better team, right? Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. And D- honestly, every yep. time they ran the ball, Houston was a waste. And it was like, oh, my gosh. You could just see how different the defensive front was. And it got you excited about that D-tackle. I, I forgot his name, Justin M for Baltimore. Yep. But I don't think Chicago can afford him. And then, um, I mean, Stroud is fantastic as, as y'all obviously can see but was just he was just so overmatched because it was him versus like the world and you know he didn't have enough time to throw i i don't remember I'm, all of our picks because
0: because then you have i'm gonna hit you, you with a hot take nick shoot here's my hot take outside of mahomes the whole point of having a stroud level quarterback is to elevate your team against similarly matched regular season opponents you're yes of course you want a good quarterback like in general who doesn't right but, but right. the big key is not to beat the ravens everybody knows that when you play the best defensive football you need more weapons than just your quarterback right and that's where the fact that they've got a pretty bad offensive line and a running game that does not work and one receiver because their other receiver got hurt like there's just not enough blades in the come on
1: bobby slowick i thought he was the whisperer man
0: Uh, i can't the, the I offensive, do. I know the offensive coordinator can only deploy the chess pieces that he has. And that was, like I know, bro. I know. I know you do. That was like rolling out with a queen. So, Hey, you've got the queen in your quarterback. And then you got what one rook and some pawns, but that was it oh, <laughs> against yeah. a full chess chest. Oh,
1: oh, I've been in those games. You don't say it. You don't say it, but you know it. <laughs> you're like, you're like, I bet you sit you're there. Like, hands. <laughs> hey, they, they laced up their cleats just like we do, you know, like, like you, you, you have that talk, you know,
0: um, and then I, I don't
1: remember the other ones, though, because like um, I don't remember because I think we were different with Detroit Tampa. I don't remember. I think you picked Tampa or did I pick Tampa? if
0: I actually if I actually had the stones to pick Tampa, I am such a goober and I apologize because I mean, we we disagreed on one. I can't remember. I picked well, we, Buffalo. I was we wrong. We definitely agree. We definitely disagreed on Casey and Buffalo. Yeah. And oh, my gosh, what a game like. That is one of those games where I'm so thankful that we aren't tied down to like the Buffalo franchise because ooh, i would mean, be beside well, myself. Well, okay.
1: <laughs> this is slightly different than playoffs and we'll get back to it. That watching that game and then watching Jim Harbaugh just get signed y'all to coach the Chargers. And cause I, I like Harbaugh. I think he's a very good coach. He's going to get them better. And and you got Stroud in Baltimore has me so excited that the Bears are in the NFC because it yeah. is it is such an easier conference to and you think about like wanting to get Super Bowl you know possibly Damn. runs for Chicago it's way easier to do multiple of those or even one of those in the NFC
0: whether it's Fields, Caleb Williams, Drake May, Jaden Daniels, or freaking Bo Nix that the Bears ultimately roll with next year. I bet I bet it's not Bo Nix, but uh, I don't if, mind them. Whatever they do. The path to being the best quarterback in the NFC is a completely different path to being the best quarterback in the NFL.
1: Who, who Mike, is it right now? If you had to pick
0: one, who's the best quarterback in the NFC? Best quarterback in the NFC? Gosh. Um, let me see. You're putting, you're, you've put me justifiably on this spot, but this comes down to the conversation of, like, how good do you think Brock Purdy is, right? Because in the band of what we normally call talent, like he's less talented than a lot of his compatriots, but he is a quarterback's quarterback, right? I'd probably uh, who am I missing? Because he can't be golf. So,
1: so, so you you go through the list. I don't think any of them are top five right right now in the NFL. You got Hertz, Dak, Purdy, Goff. Um, throw Jordan Love in there. Some people love him right now. Cousins, Stafford. <laughs>
0: Except Cousins is a free agent. And, yeah, separate, um, and I specifically say that because, no, he doesn't count until he comes to many. Uh, if it was me, I'd probably say it's Dak, but I'd roll me, me my too. eyes as I did. Because
1: but, but, but where does that rank in the NFL?
0: That's the thing. I've been telling Dallas fans ever since his second Eight. season, to me, Dak Prescott is the goodest quarterback in the NFL <laughs> without an ounce of great And this last playoff uh, appearance only made that hot takely phrase take feel even more true because, man, I have been dying for Dak to live up to one of these big moments. And I know how unfair that is, right? Because he and the Cowboys have won so many games. But sheesh, Nick, like I am just blown away. (laughs) I picked Buffalo
1: to beat Dallas. That that was my playoff pick, and look where I'm at right now.
0: It's okay. All I did was pick the best quarterback and be like, they're going to win. And then, yeah. oh my gosh, man. Let, talk about that game. What was crazy to me is that for as back and forth and wonderful as that football game was, they were Cole Hardman not making, not basically ta- making Andy Reid tear his own mustache out from closing the game up early. Like
1: They, they, they couldn't stop Kansas City. Kansas City looked... <laughs>
0: outrageous on I, you ever,
1: there, there was a stat I saw it was like the EPA for Mahomes in the playoffs versus everybody else and then it was like 0. 0.3 higher against Buffalo like oh my gosh Sean McDermott just gets owned by Kansas City
0: so speaking of let's get to you don't even have to get you could pick if you want to but tell me what you think about these games like are you Baltimore in this or do you think that Mahomes proves too much. So
1: I know I've coached with two guys on Baltimore staff. Mm-hmm. So I preface that with, I'm picking Kansas City because I'm not I'm not betting against Mahomes anymore.
0: <laughs> and now he's gonna lose. I'm kidding. Uh, yeah, right? So I can't help but think, Nick, that the the Spagnola defense is the wrong defense for a guy like Lamar Jackson, where if he's got one little weakness, it's that he really hates getting blitzed. And that Bag's mm-hmm. defense is totally fine blitzing you, and they've got corners that can hang with these yeah. Baltimore receivers. Whereas Houston making it to the second phase of the dance, look, it's the same thing that we could say about the Lions, right? And I really don't mean any disrespect Yes, I thought the Lions were going to go one and done. They didn't. They beat a good Rams team, and they took care of business against the, you know, whatever. Uh, it, they yeah. deserve to be where they are. Making right. an NFC Championship game, even by hook or by crook, is something that I would celebrate if I if it was the Bears in it. So I can't take an ounce away from the Lions. But it is mm-hmm. funny, isn't it, Nick, where you look at this Baltimore team, and you're like, okay, we've seen them against the Texans, the the Cinderella team that was happy to be there. In many cases, what does this mean? They're going to be against a Kansas City team where, to me, the biggest X factor that Josh Allen did just ignored for the entirety of the game is that this Chiefs defense—the best defense we've seen in Kansas City in four years—and so if they come out there and they keep the score even relatively low, like let me—let t- what if you looked at your crystal ball, Nick, and you saw Baltimore scores twenty-three points? Does Kansas City win? Yes. I, I tend to agree with you where good luck stopping Mahomes that they're like that thoroughly, but that one should be a hell of a game. That one yeah. should be wild.
1: Well, especially because like you know Baltimore has a good defense. So you're like, well, defense wins. Kansas City has a good defense too, y'all. Like that's the thing is like it's not like they have that kind of trump card. The trump card is if Baltimore can stop Kansas City's offense, because I think they're gonna limit Baltimore's offense
0: for mm-hmm. sure. It would be such a middle finger to the NFL public if Mahomes wins a third Super Bowl this year. <laughs> like I, I,
1: but I'm one of those people where I, you know, some people like, I don't like whoever it is, whatever
0: sport, because they win too much. I, I love greatness. I'm if, okay with it. Not to mention if you want to see Travis Kelsey hanging up and the chiefs have to go through some real turmoil, like he wins this one. He's out. He's don't we retiring. all know? He's not retiring. You don't think so? Oh, man, I I get big retire vibes. Like he's got, he's
1: got a lot of money coming up. He already said he's not retiring in a press conference. Well, yeah, you have to, right?
0: I it. right. Okay,
1: okay. Let's talk about the other game. Uh, other one, okay. Do you want to go first? Or you want me to go first?
0: Uh, you know, I'm going to let you go first this time. All right, so I am
1: so happy for Detroit. Like, congratulations. Like, th- this is, I know they're in division. I'm so, like, literally, I'm like, this is awesome for them. They their NFC championship game, et cetera. Amazing. Um, I, it's not gonna be close, y'all. And 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 here's I and instantly here's... knew where you were going with this. <laughs> but here, but also here's why. And I, I know you guys know that I always look in depth on this stuff. Jonah Jackson and Frank Ragnow, the interior of the offensive line, I think might not even play. They didn't even practice today. They have some, they have so many injuries. I'm not sure that they play. Laporte is a DMP with that knee. We see, we'll see how he does. That, I don't even care about Debo because like he could play. He could not play with that shoulder. But if you don't have the interior O-line there against this front and you already know you're overmatched and, and that defense for Detroit is what it is,
0: I'm, I'm sorry, man. It's it a good story. <laughs> nope. Nope. Eventually, you have to think the fact that they're starting. Kendall Vildor. And Cam Sutton is going to come back. If
1: Kendallville door, like, has a a game-winning play or a pick six, I mean, what are Bears fans going to
0: do? I'm going to laugh is what I'm going to do. But I sit here, I look at Brandon Ayuk, I look at a lot of the weapons that they've got in San Francisco, and I think to myself, oh, it's the wrong game to have a bad corner. Right? Hey, maybe Jack Campbell stands on his head. Maybe that Detroit offense is simply unstoppable, but I just can't keep or I can't stop myself from looking at this San Francisco team and seeing a defense that's capable of pulling the Bears and just shutting down this Detroit offense. I mean, isn't it so funny that the further the Lions go, the wilder the Bears bottling them twice look i know i mean is, is,
1: is, i think that's part of it though if the bears got blown out twice by detroit be like oh no they're legit they're really good but the bears beat them and should have beat them another time you're
0: like we're mm-hmm. the wrong people to ask we're the people that can't stop thinking about two games where we're like frauds you know what yeah, i mean
1: yeah. yeah well you you see this and you're like that that game right there that would have been the bears in the playoffs
0: i think if lamar made a super bowl super duper good for him like that would be awesome to me, the 40, or Brock Purdy is going to the ship. Like, unless he gets hurt, I just can't help but think that this is a Mr. Irrelevant in the Super Bowl and the media is going to have a ball with it. The question is, which NFL MVP is he going to face? Right. And either way, man, oh, what a redemption arc it could be for Kyle Shanahan. Like, yep. on top of the fact that I would argue the 49ers look very vulnerable. Like, as as good as I think that this young Packers team is, did you think they were, like, one-minute last possession good against the 49ers? So there's
1: there's two ways to kind of think about this. I I thought that they were very lucky in that game. I mean, you could, and, and again, this is where I, I talk about that. Like, they had the really good kick return that he fumbles, and there's one Packer and, like, five 49ers and he gets it and then there's the deep pass interference call which like was it hey I'm gonna throw up under throw it and just lean into him and get a call I kind of think maybe that's what it was to Bill Melton and Debo going out like it was so many things of like wow this is just you you were like when is San Francisco gonna wake gonna wake up and start playing so that game there was the same kind of feeling as Dallas so you're like These teams just really underachieved twice or, and again, this is me not being a hater. Are the Packers playing really good ball right now? Could be both. And you're like, they're making good teams look bad.
0: I mean, it really could be right. Especially because the Packers always had talent on their defense. We just got so accustomed to Joe Barry using it poorly.
1: They have first round picks, former first round picks on their defense. I don't know if it's talent.
0: Oh, come on. You'd be saying that they were talented if they were bears.
1: But that's all they they say. There's eight first-round picks on this team. Yeah, Laquan Treadwell was a first-round pick, too,
0: man. Totally, but Quay Walker's big and fast. Devontae Wyatt. Darnold Savage
1: is a first-round
0: pick. I loved Devontae Wyatt coming out of school. We've seen a little bit from him, but not a ton. Lucas Van Ness is just a huge person, like TM. But like you're saying, I mean, they've got a bunch of high investment On that Green Bay defense, you would expect turnover or turnover. I'm curious to see what they do with defensive coordinator. No doubt pairs for Twitter will tell me it's the wrong hire, Uh, despite the fact that they've done that for Rashad Gary, Brian Guttenkeist, Jordan Love. (sighs) I would love to see the Packers like catch a bad break one of these days, but we'll get there.
1: Nick, I it, it was it was nice to see Jordan Love look human again because he was looking very not human and and Packers receivers were wide open with everyone falling down in multiple playoff games and he's like well okay there's the team that we saw against like the Giants in Carolina where it's like okay they're not perfect.
0: Look, my only hope when it comes to Bears-Packers is that the Packers really do take a phenomenal eight-game stretch and make him a 52, 55 million a year quarterback. And if they do, I mean, I'm not saying good luck just because it's not that easy, or it's it's not that, you get what I'm saying, Nick, where it's like, you're gonna hard limit your ceiling, but if you do have a good quarterback, well, you're still gonna win quite a few games at that point. It's just gonna limit what you can achieve. And especially if love takes any step back, because now there's no track record other than like a sweet eight game stretch. Right. Mm-hmm. But it'll be really interesting to see what happens with the Packers and the bears just it, over the next three years.
1: It, I'm, I'm way more excited about the bears. That's all I'm going to say.
0: I agree. Either way, Nick, what's coming up. You t- you mentioned your video, anything else? Yeah,
1: that, that that's all I got right now. That's all I got. I'm, uh I'm actually uh, helping out a, um a high school quarterback from, A different state yes helping him work on some of his skills because hey man i mean this is a beautiful game we all love this game we're passionate about it and if i can help a young kid be a better quarterback i'm going to do it so i got that going on i'm going to be a guest on another bears podcast maybe keep your ears open for that one uh tomorrow and that's about it man
0: Awesome. Well, I'm going to go through a bunch of Shane Waldron, all 22 tonight. This is airing on Thursday, so that's tonight. And if not, go check out the VOD, uh, like the VOD, what is it, the Video On Demand, I guess, the The, the recording of the dang stream, whatever, okay. the, the language these kids are using. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Uh, But so... Outside of that, I'm going to be prepping to go to the Senior Bowl in Mobile next week, which should be awfully fun. Uh, So ask me any corner safety or wide receiver question you want, and I'll probably have an answer. But until next time, Bears fans, hey, thank you so much for listening. Review us on any streaming or whatever service you want. We really appreciate your reviews. Want to get this thing up there so that more Bears fans can find a podcast that we're really pouring our heart and soul into. And until next time, bear down. And thank you so much for bearing with me.